Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Can't get enough of the Let's Go Eat show? Do you want access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, exclusive blogs, and the exclusive Make Mine a Double t-shirt? Did I mention they're exclusive? That means you can't get them anywhere else but Patreon.com. One or all of these things can be yours for about the cost of a double shot of Old Forester bourbon. Please go to Patreon.com or download the Patreon app and search for Let's Go Eat Show. It's super easy and will help us continue to make the Let's Go Eat Show for years to come. That's Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. Thank you. hate doing the intro all right here's the intro for the let's go eat show which i hate doing but i'm doing it anyway our guest is uh, saida dahir she's a young uh, woman uh, somali refugee 17 years old and she has emerged as one of the leaders here locally of the um, walk for our lives and black lives matter movement she's very 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 smart she's very engaging and charming and she has a lot of great ideas She's a Gen Z person, you know? She's only 17. Uh, I think you'll enjoy meeting her. Uh, and so let's do it right now on the Let's Go Eat Show. I'm really tired today, so coffee. Saida Dahir. I am so happy. And your name means happy, is that right? Yes, it does mean happy. Saida. Uh, Saida Dahir, so happy to have you here on the Let's Go Eat show. We're not going to eat. We're just going to talk, if that's okay <laughs> well, with I, you. I made a mistake. So what? Uh, yeah. Saida is vegetarian. Yes, I mm-hmm. am. And so I thought, well, we'll go and we'll record at Zest, which is one of our favorite vegetarian places here in downtown. And was like, great, that'll be good. And then I was looking at their menu, and it says... You have to be 21. They they serve alcohol. You probably don't drink either at 17. (laughs) Or probably wouldn't drink at the age of 21 either. No? Mm -hmm. Uh, Saida Dahir, we we met you uh, as a result of the March for Our Lives uh, event a couple of weeks ago. Uh, One of the students who spoke at that huge event, uh, what what did they decide? How many people were there? 8,000. A huge crowd. You stood up in front of a huge crowd. You're a small... A small girl. You're 17 <laughs> years old. 17, right? Mm-hmm, 17. How how was it? How did that feel? Um, it was it was terrifying, but like exhilarating at the same time. All of my emotions were amped up, but because of all the emotional speakers that were before me, so I knew that um that I had to to take this opportunity that I got and to do it as best as I could. Did you, you, were you able to listen to the people who spoke yeah, before you? Yeah, I was standing right next to you. You weren't too too nervous, like. No. Mm-mm. I think I'd be too nervous to even pay attention to what they were saying. <laughs> we couldn't. Uh, we were so far in the back, we mm-hmm. couldn't hear anything oh. or see anything. But it didn't matter. We mm-hmm. were part of a. Uh, yes. I thought it was nice. We were part of that event. Uh, it was great. Um, so y- you have an activist spirit about you, uh, even just at this age of seventeen. <laughs> you seem pretty, pretty dialed in, uh, pretty uh, passionate about a lot of things. <laughs> 
how do you come by that? Is your family like that? Are there other members of your family like that? A lot of my siblings are activists in their own ways. My sister, um, Asma Dahir, is well known in Utah because she's Miss Africa. Um, Miss Africa, I've seen that, yeah. yeah. that's my sister. Yeah. So, she's um, a beautiful young woman. Yes, yeah, she's very beautiful. And she's no longer Miss Africa, so the... Um, uh, the last, the new Miss Africa came in um, on Saturday. Did so you she, even know there was a Miss Africa pageant in Utah? I didn't. I had no idea. There does is. does it go? Uh, if you're Miss Africa Utah, do you <laughs> go on to a, a larger uh, pageant? Uh, Miss, yeah, Miss Africa a, America. Mm-hmm, I'm pretty sure there's a there's a national event for it too. Mm-hmm. But um, I brought that up because a lot of my siblings are all activists in their own ways. They do um, a lot of things for Black Lives Matter Utah and. Um, are they all they're all college students so they with the limited time they do as much as they can but i feel like i'm not trying to brag or anything but i feel like i took the the toll of the activism the hardest in my family you do um, you think so yeah uh, let's let's talk about your family can you turn up my uh, ears just a little bit dylan mm-hmm. uh let's talk about your family you uh i know you were born in kenya you've mm-hmm. told us that before you were uh, but y- you weren't and is your family, their roots are in Kenya? No, we're from Somalia. So oh, from Somalia. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So um, a lot of Somali um, refugees fled the war in Somalia, and they were led to Kenya. And so in the Kenya, there's a refugee camp called the Dab, and that's where I was born. And it's called the what? The Dab. Dab, mm-hmm. okay. That's where I was born, and it's because of the fleeing from Somalia. So we're not Kenyan, we're Somali immigrants from Kenya gotcha. that then came to America. So so uh, if if people don't know anything about Somalia and what's been going on there uh-huh. for now years, mm-hmm. uh, you could watch a movie called Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have seen Black Hawk Down. That's pretty... What was your... So... so I mean, you don't remember really being in mm. Somalia. I've never been in Somalia. Oh, oh you were bo- not born there. Your family was. So, no, so, my family. So, so what? Did, what? Did, I mean, did they watch that movie? And what did they say about yeah, it? Yeah. So when we've seen, we've seen famous movies like Black Hawk Down or the newest one, Captain Phillips, and right. oh, um, Tom Hanks. Tom yeah. Hanks. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's the like the media portrays it differently than what we remember. I see pictures that my family has, and it used to be a beautiful, beautiful place. Um. The architecture was magnificent. Magnificent. It was Mogadishu. A tor- yes, Mogadishu. Um, it was a tourist country that people came from to see, flock to the mm-hmm. seas because they're um, the ocean is so beautiful and blue. But it's changed a lot because of the um, terrorist organizations like Al Shabaab or their civil war or all of the um, the famines and all the things that just keep beating the country down. Mm-hmm. You want to adjust that microphone? You seem to want to. You want to pull it up a little bit? <laughs> yes, I don't. You, you can. That's fine. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Get it to where you're comfortable uh-huh. with it. That's we we have no standards here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we absolutely have absolutely no standards here. Do you like it like that better? Yes, thank I like you. it like that better too because I can see your mouth yes, a little thank bit you. there. There, that's much better for me too. Um, I'm glad we could work together on that. Guys. So what do you, uh, you are obviously a really bright person. You go to high school where? I go to the um, Ames Academy for Math, Engineering, and Science. And that's in, in uh, Highland High School? Con- it's in Cottonwood High School. Co- it's in Cottonwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Arts Academy is in Highland. Oh, that's right. The Arts Academy. So you're, you obviously are very bright. Mm-hmm. I'm ga- gathering that your siblings are pretty smart cookies mm-hmm. as well. They're, tell me who they are and what they do. So I have, um, I have five sisters and... Jeez. They're all they Five all sisters. <laughs> your yes. father must your father must be a saint. 
<laughs> he really is. Um, they all go to the University of Utah, and ev- I'm pretty sure all of them are in the are in pre med besides one. So they're all going into something doctoral. Um, and it's, it's what's the one? What's the one not going I, in? I think she's going to social work. Social work. Yes, yeah. I feel bad that I don't know everything my siblings are doing, but they're uh, uh they're busy. Are they? Yes. Are they still at home? Um, no, they all are off. <laughs> they're all off on their own. Yes, you're the only child at home. Yes. How how so, old are they? What's the age difference between you and the next one? And um, how? three years. Three years. Ah, uh, so the tw- twin sisters. My twin sisters, Asma and Nisa. Ah, twin sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. now, so all bright, very bright people. Yes. W- tell me about your father and your mother, and what what kind of a person your father is, and what was his? Did he he had a profession in mm-hmm. in Somalia? Yes. Um. So my brother, my father is a sheikh. Um. Equivalent. Um. To any other religion he's like a priest so um that's what we call our priests we call him sheikhs so he's very well known in the community he has he um is the sheikh of a mosque which means he's the the priest of the mosque and the masjid and a lot of people know him he's very well known he's an interpreter too Mm -hmm. so he works for the granite district um actually worked at my school too um it was cool but uh yeah he's an interpreter <laughs> and that's he he does a lot of things he speaks and, a lot and, of and languages. what do they call the priest at the mosque they call him sheikhs 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 yes there you go uh, is that like sheik um, or, or is it, no. no it's not it's spelled different. the same way uh-uh. sheikh a sheikh mm-hmm. i'd never heard that mm-hmm. and where is the uh, mosque um the mosque is I it's in Sandy. Sorry, okay. I don't know the exact location. And it, is it? It's attended by. It's a now. I know there's a mosque on just just uh, down the street here on mm-hmm. on Seventh East. A small yeah. mosque. Uh, who attends? Is this a, is the one your father the, is the sheikh? Is it bigger and? Uh, um. Actually, this one's in Conrad Heights. Sorry. Um. Mm-hmm. And um. There's the community comes. There's a lot of mosque that he does prayers for. So mm-hmm. the one on Seventh East, he used to he be goes the sh- there yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. He was a sheikh there. Mm-hmm. Um. So he does a lot. There's. It's very. Um. It's really. It's. It's like segregated kind of because of the languages, language barriers that people have. There so are there Afghanis is, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, people from Iraq. Mm-hmm, yeah. So there's like an Afghani mm-hmm. mosque. There's a Bosnian mosque. A Somali mosque. I see. Uh huh. So like different people go to their own mosque so mm-hmm. they can understand so your father a bright man because mm-hmm. he is very learned in the uh quran yes yeah mm-hmm. and 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 other stuff mm-hmm. uh your mother what is she my mother works at the imc she's a housekeeper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and is that what they did uh before they came to america no before my mom came to america she um was owned a shop and she made food for um, a lot of different people and sold her food too but her shop was destroyed sadly and all of her belongings were destroyed too so mm. does she i now see i want to try somali food yes so good it is tell me tell me about the uh, the cuisine and do you eat that diet at home mm-hmm. mostly so since I'm a vegetarian, I'm very limited on what I eat. That's Somali because Somalis love their meat. Oh, do they? They do. So they it's eat. not. So the, so you're you are a you've made a, a decision to be vegetarian, yes. not based on your religion specifically. No. It's a, a 
a moral decision for yeah, you? Yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to try something new, so I became vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the culture, the Islam culture, we slaughter a sheep every Eid. Um, that's a holiday that we have. So meat is a very prevalent and in my community and in my culture too. So our cuisine is um, stews and meats and breads and mm-hmm. um, rice and pasta. It's really weird because we we eat pasta and a lot of other um, African cuisines don't have pasta, but we were um, colonized by the Italians, so that's why we have uh, we and eat the pasta. Uh, the the architecture in uh, uh, Mogadishu. Yes. Uh, what was the influence of that? Is it Eastern influenced? And- yes, I'm pretty sure when the colonizers came, they gave us some influences, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of the the architecture by far is beautiful, um, and they're they're white. They're white stones and how it clashes against the blue of the sea. It's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place. Is it? Did you? Uh, you know, I mean, you're you're young, uh, and I don't know how much attention you pay, or do you pay a lot of attention to uh, the situation in in Mogadishu and in Somalia? Mm-hmm. Yes, I I pay I try to pay attention as much as I can, um, but since I don't really I don't speak Somali that well, I'm uh, learning currently. Um, but I just lost it while I was growing up here. You, you grew up an American yeah. girl, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to keep your language when um, at first I knew Somali perfectly, but then I was learning English, mm-hmm. so it was hard to just keep both of them. And I've I've slacked on it a little bit, but I'm. I'm picking it up a little bit, and so um, the language barriers there. Trying to figure out what's going on in your home country is hard. When yeah, so I just wondered if there's. It's been so many years of yeah. of war and mm-hmm. and devastation for the that country and for those people. It's just horrible. Mm-hmm. And it, it, is there a solution? Is that ever going to end? I feel like it's going to end soon. Um, really? Because the new generation, the the new millennials and Gen Z of Somalia are doing incredible things. And and I, I pay attention to a lot of them on like social media and keep track of what they're doing. There's politicians, um, there are activists, there's people that really want to go back to Somalia and want to change things. And I, me and my family are all for that too. Do you feel like as though, you know, there, there's this kind of surge right now of people your age, mm-hmm. which are, you're not a millennial. No, I'm you're, a Gen Z. Mm-hmm. A, what are they? Is it? A gen-, a gen Z generation It's Z. Gen Z now, mm-hmm. Generation Z. Yeah. So you're younger than a millennial, yes. but millennials and Gen Z, there's there's a feeling that there is a new movement of activity and strength and activism. Mm-hmm. Do you, you seem to feel that. Do you think that will continue? Yes, I really think that um, people are tired of the like the constant um, not change, no, no change happening mm-hmm. in the society. So instead of just sitting on the sidelines, we really want to just take control and figure out how to fix this the best we can and a lot of us are learning through our through our ways and through our communities to be activists or to be individuals that will go out and to vote because a lot of the people before us won't vote. Yeah, I mean it's it, you know 18-year-olds were given the right to vote in mm-hmm. I it was 20, 30 years ago probably. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't use it. Yeah. Really the the voting among uh, 18-year-olds has always been pathetic. Mm-hmm. They just don't eh, whatever, I don't care. I was I have to f- confess, I was that way. Mm-hmm. Ah, whatever. Maybe I don't, I'll vote. And, and I didn't really start being active voting until I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it's different now? Will 18-year-olds vote? Yes, I f- I really hope so. I feel the optimism that this new group of um this new generation is going to go up there and use their ballots and use their rights and figure out how to best voice themselves. And I think they can do that with their ballots. Um. 
if that happens, would you imagine that most Gen Z people and millennials would vote in a liberal way for uh, for liberal, more liberal politicians? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, could Donald Donald Trump and his ilk mm-hmm. survive? No. That no, I don't think. If you look at the statistics from the election, the majority of his voters were um, above fifty or mm-hmm. or um, <clears throat> Republican. But I know that if we had, if more people had gathered together to vote this this past election, that this turnout would not have happened, and this it, event would. You think? I, I mean, I'm. Th- I think, and I hope it is the case that, and as I said to you when I met you, mm-hmm. that you can just wash away. The stain that seems to be on, and it's not just Donald Trump. It's mm-hmm. been it's been for a while, yeah. uh, a, a kind of a, a a malaise and a stain, and uh, these old white guys running stuff who, who never seem to get anything done, and and what they what the few things they do get done is bullshit, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I, I I do you think that do you agree with that, and can you wash that away? You I think? I agree with it, and I know that our generation is going to wash it away. I know a lot of people. Um, I've been paying attention, and a lot of people are trying to to rally and to get new people to be in Congress or to to run themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really would like me personally to run for something. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. Really? But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm, That'd be interesting. You have a good. You have a great personality. Thank you. Um, it's a, you're an interesting combination of things too, aren't you? I th- I would think uh, now you you uh, said you, you know your Somali uh, language kind of went away, and you mm-hmm. grew up as an American girl, and yet you choose uh, to still dress uh, in a traditional. I guess that's Somali uh, uh, garb, um, and I know you're kind of into fashion. And you have a YouTube channel, is yes, that right? Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about that a little, will you? So I really love the, um, I love activism. That's a part of me, but another part of me is beauty fashion related because a lot of, there's not a lot of spotlight on uh, girls that wear hijab um, that do that stuff. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of gorgeous, beautiful influencers that are, they're paving ways for us in the fashion industry and for the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, to try it out a little bit. Yeah, you know, your, I guess your sister probably who was Miss Africa uh-huh. was is must be quite into that stuff, yes. mm-hmm. uh, and um, it's fascinating. I, I noticed uh, so you're wearing fairly traditional stuff, and I saw a picture of you, but you were wearing a really nice pair of Nikes at the same <laughs> at the same time. Thank you. Yeah, 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 I like to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about makeup? Mm-hmm. You you do you do much with that? No, I, me personally, I don't know a lot about makeup. I like to wear it occasionally mm-hmm. and a little bit here and there. But my siblings are my sisters are really good at that. Really good. You um, have you always been a smarty? <laughs> I guess so. Um, what do you? What does smarty well, I mean, mean? You know, you uh, yeah, you're you're obviously an 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 achiever or an overachiever. No, perhaps very overachiever. you're an overachiever. <laughs> uh, your if I went back and looked at your grades all through school, yeah. A's, 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 A's. Not, not until this year. This year, I my GPA has dipped to three point nine. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh. But <laughs> three point nine. What happened? No. Did you? Uh, just math happened. Math. Oh yeah, <laughs> math can do that to people. Yeah, there. but been there. But yeah, 4.0s mm-hmm. pretty much all. So, uh, so very, very a smart girl, a, a girl who always achieves and overachieves in her classes. Mm-hmm. Your teachers mostly love you, I would think. And, I hope so. <laughs> and um, and your and your fellow, some of your fellow students have been jealous of you. 
I've, I really, there's not much to be jealous of. I say that if 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 I could do this, so that so can they. Mm. It's not bad. You, you so you you are a black woman, <laughs> a Muslim. <laughs> uh, you've got things. Uh, how do I put this? Because it's not a negative. Yes. Oh, uh, I get what you're but trying it's, to but say. But people, there are people who think that that's a negative. Yes. Um, and I actually have a blog, and my blog is called The Walking Stereotype, because I feel <laughs> like I perpetrate a lot of stereotypes. And that was a nickname a lot of my friends used to just say. Cause uh, for fun. Funny. Yeah, yeah, for fun. Because I was a walking, walking stereotype. stereotype. Yeah. A, a black, a black woman, Muslim woman Muslim, refugee. Yeah. You know? Refugee, yes. Yeah, yeah, just all of them. <laughs> You've got all of those things <laughs> mm-hmm. that... That some people would say that are stacked against you, yes. and yet here you are, such a charming, smart person. Thank you. Uh, and that that uh, do uh, do you just try to show people that? I try to de- define all odds that I can in every way to pave to be a trailblazer for mm-hmm. the the next generation because a lot of the the now trailblazers had nobody paving the trail for them so mm. they want to do that and I just want to leave a, a, a bunch of open doors for other um, Somali walking stereotypes mm. like me to make their different influence in the world who are uh, the who are uh, the people who influenced you who are the actors who do you admire yeah um, Malala Ibtihan Muhammad Ibtihan is um, uh, she was a gold medalist not a gold bronze medalist at the Olympics she wore hijab she fenced oh, um, Halima Adden, who's um, the first hijabi to walk a runway. Um, there's a lot of different people that have paved ways and done amazing Did things. you say Malala? Malala, yes. The, the uh, young woman who was shot <laughs> yes. in um, Pakistan. Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, uh, she's on the uh, David Letterman show on Netflix. Have you seen yes, that yet? I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's, it's, she's, she's awesome. She's yes. amazing. She's really she was great. at uh, uh, The Daily Show once mm-hmm. when I worked there. She's she, very nice. she just went back to uh, Pakistan, Pakistan yeah. for the first time uh-huh. uh, since she got shot there and went actually to the place that that's that's pretty pretty gutsy I think very. that's pretty brave and she's um my friend told me that my friend who's Pakistani she's been paying attention to everything and she's speaking Urdu Malala was speaking Urdu for the long for the first time in the longest time and it was uh, great. I don't what is the significance of that because um once she came to to Britain she really didn't speak it at all because of the I, I don't know what psychological reasons maybe trauma faced but she wouldn't speak it and she also probably just didn't have anybody to speak yeah it probably to. Many people yeah to speak mm-hmm. it too and then now she's doing interviews in Urdu and it's like everyone's everyone's supporting her mm. awesome. uh, uh, have you have you experienced, I mean, I can't imagine anyone trying to hurt your feelings mm-hmm. or say negative things to you. I just can't oh. imagine anybody wanting to do that. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> what? Just the look on her face of like, oh, you idiot. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. well, I mean, but. Well, it's, it, here's the thing is that Bill and I are the exact opposite stereotypes mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. We are walking stereotypes of the exact opposite. <laughs> white white males who are liberal and bleeding hearts. Yeah. Uh, so so I can't imagine that. It's it's crazy. But it happens doesn't all the it? time. Um, all the time. All the time. I get really really rude comments sometimes. Some stuff that I don't even want to ever say again. Oh, um, 
I can I say one of them? Sure. Somebody the worst. I think the worst one. This one's actually funny. Someone told me that they're gonna contact Sharia. You know, I literally laughed <laughs> so hard. It was the funniest comment anyone has ever said to me. But um, that's those are the comedical com- comical ones that I just laugh at. But mm-hmm. a really scary one was um, one time this person told me and my friends that they wished that we would hang from trees, and it was. It was it was not it was not okay, but we we worked that out. We found his um, employers. He no longer works for his employers. So oh, very good. I hope he found his he met his consequences. Um, and how do you feel about people asking you questions honestly about mm-hmm. that? You know, they they don't understand. You know, and they would just they want to try to understand mm-hmm. maybe something about you. That uh, are you fine with that? I'm so fine with questions. Like, um, there's a point where ignorance should be welcomed, and people should be taught new things and mm-hmm. from new cultures. And I love asking questions about new people. And honestly, um, it's better to ask than just assume. So that's why I'm very open to any question anybody mm-hmm. has. Is your father strict? Mm. Hmm. He's a priest for, for hell's sake. <laughs> yeah, he's he's. Watch your mouth. <laughs> he's a priest in hell in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I shouldn't do that. But no, he's, is, is he's he a, is he a strict strict man? No, or? he's I, he's not. By what like strict? Me and my siblings don't are not really rebels or rebels without causes. We don't really do things that have to be punished. We're as we just my sister's really just focused on school and that's it so, so you've always been you guys have always been pretty well behaved yes he hasn't had to be strict no. mm-hmm. uh, but but religious yes uh, um, observant and and you and you and your sister is observant yes our whole family is um tries our best to follow the religious context as much as we can mm-hmm. and every in every day that we can i guess sometimes people maybe the questions that uh, i would have the hardest time understanding is about being a muslim mm-hmm um and that maybe is the, the those are the kinds of questions that would be interesting and people have mis- a lot of misconceptions about mm-hmm. about that right mm-hmm. i mean the muslim ban i i mean for for god's sake i can't understand how anybody would listen to that and agree with it you know donald trump is oh, we're going we're going to have to have a muslim ban mm-hmm. what 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 the hell is he talking about? Um, but but people, there are people who are frightened about of Muslims. Actually, today is National Punish a Muslim Day. If any of you guys have heard of that, National. Oh, I some I mm-hmm. I I didn't think it was a real thing. No, National. it's actually like a, people got letters um, into their mail with mm-hmm. a point scale on what what they if they do something the the more points that they get like yeah. hurt a Muslim, um, kill a Muslim. They're, the last one is nuke Mecca, and I'm like, how is that gonna happen? Well, but yeah, National <laughs> Punish a Muslim Day. I. What what I guess it's not a fair question to ask you, but what are they so afraid of? I have honestly, I no, I would just say that they need somebody. They need a scapegoat. They need a reason to not be afraid so much. So they need someone dependent on. And when terrorist attacks happen, Islam has been the scapegoat for many of the terrorists and for many of the people that need someone to blame it on. And uh, me, my like all, all so many Muslim people that I know do not call those terrorists who claim that they're Muslim Muslims because I, I, yeah. they're not. They need a they need a way to go in and they need a way to cause destruction. And they know that if they do it under Islam, they'll get the most awareness towards their cause and 
there. The it's just it's mind boggling that mm. this has happened. But I know if if it wasn't Islam, it would be another religion. And if it wasn't that religion, it'd be another religion. Well, it's and been just, it's been the Jews over mm-hmm. time. You know, Jews. Be, well, it's a, the Jews' fault. That's whose fault mm-hmm. it is. You know, we had a we had a president a long time ago, uh, Richard Nixon, and he was mm-hmm. uh, he was. Not outwardly, but in private, there are tapes of him saying, you know, I know what's causing all of the problems in this country. It's the Jews. Mm-hmm. It's, interestingly enough, he was saying it to one of his closest advisors who was a Jew. Mm. <laughs> who went, yes, Mr. President. Our <laughs> people, man. No. I don't get it. I, it's, um, it's, I guess it's a matter of, you know, who raised you and how yeah. they raised you. Mm-hmm. and uh, Because nobody, and it's a, it's a cliche to say it, but no one is born... A bigot. Nobody. No one is born to hate an, an other person because of their religion or their race. Nope. They're not born. Nobody's born that way. You learn it. It's a it's a inherited trait that you get that's passed on from generations to generations, and that's why that that cycle should be broken. And so the next generations after us do not have to worry about being afraid for their lives because of the way they dress, of the way they preach, or the way that they look. And it's mm-hmm. just it's a cycle that needs to be ended. Uh, are you you're you're really dialed in probably to the refugee uh, community in 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 Utah in mm-hmm. Salt Lake? Mm-hmm. Uh, is are, are there the, are there more refugees here than people maybe know? There, Utah has a huge refugee population from Nepal, from Burma, from Somalia, from Su- South Sudan. There's so many refugees here, and the refugee community is thriving, and our populations are um, doing amazing things. There's centers and community centers, and one of the one that my sister works at, and I work at Woodrow Wilson Elementary School as an elementary school after school teacher, and it's a Title One school, and I work with a lot of refugee kids. And it's Woodrow Wilson. Yes, elementary Woodrow school? Wilson Elementary mm-hmm. School, and um, I used to work at the Surname Center, and that's another refugee institution center, and. It's it's amazing to work with these kids because they have such bright futures ahead of them, and I'm glad that I could say that I worked with them and that this community is going to be thriving in a couple of years. You know, it is t- it is a telling thing. It's it's great, and Utah has, interestingly enough, for such a conservative state, mm-hmm. has been pretty welcoming to refugees, and I mean the state as an institution, the government, mm-hmm. um, and mostly the people. I think mostly the people here are you know, are good and welcoming people in there. And and it's been the uh, LDS church is mm-hmm. very welcoming. Yes. And the Catholic church, of course, yeah. has always been hugely welcoming mm-hmm. to the refugees. When we, when we first came here in 2003, the Catholic community services really helped us and they got us everything that we needed to know and everything. So mm-hmm. we, we were grateful. Um, as, uh, but it is telling, isn't it, that you, you named all of the, those places and there are more that could be named. Mm-hmm that refugees that and that kind of just tells you how bill you how, watch your I, language yeah, i shouldn't <laughs> swear in front of our young guest right but you know how screwed up mm-hmm. how what a mess the world is yes all the, all, the trouble in all of those places and more and people people are forced to flee their homes and live in refugee camps and it's just it's shameful. Yeah. It is shameful. Mm-hmm. I honestly, this has this stuff has been going on since before time and yeah. forever. But recently, with the new technological advances in media and cameras and equipment that we can send abroad, we are much more aware of it. 
and genocides and refugee camps have been a thing for forever but now we just know and now we know that we can change something we can do something so that the Dab, where I was born, is the second biggest city in Kenya. But it's not a Kenya. It's just camps. It's a camp. It's tents. But its population is the second biggest in the whole entire country. How it's do people get out of there? How did you? How did your family get out? I mean, you were three. You don't know. You, but you, I'm sure you've been told. How do you get out of there? I actually have no idea. You don't the know? The process, the only thing that I know about the process was, was it was very time-consuming. It took my mom five years to get everything aboard and... Um, a lot of the times when you fly here on a plane, mm-hmm. the the flight is free because you can't really provide it. But ev- after when you get here, it you have to pay back all of those flights mm. and all of those flight hours and all of the bodies that were on the flights that were in your family mm-hmm. back to whoever pro- provided it for you. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard when you just come to a country brand new, don't know anything, probably don't know the language, don't know what's what to do, where to go, and you have to pay for a lot of the stuff and a lot of the expenses, yeah. and it's, it's very hard. Did your parents speak English when <clears throat> they came here? No. Um, my dad did, but my mom did not, and my mom is learning it. She's really good at it, but, yeah. She, she's still unsure she's of still, English? Yeah. <laughs> well, she's, you, you, if you, she should just talk to, talk, talk with you a lot mm-hmm. because you like to talk, I can tell. <laughs> Everyone knows that about me, yeah. that I'm a motor mouth. A motor mouth, is yes. it? Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, uh, Oh, I know what I want to ask you. If I wanted to have some uh, Somali food, mm-hmm. where would I go uh, other than Somalia? <laughs> Get on that flight. No, there's there's um, the Horn of Africa, which is a shop in West Valley, I'm pretty sure. It's called the Horn of Africa? Africa, yes. Mm-hmm. It's very, very delicious food. And there. is there other uh, other kind of African food there too, or just is it I'm, all? It's it's Somali. It's all Somali. Somalia is it's on the, the horn, horn of, of Africa. Africa yeah. So that's the name. Comes that's from. that big curved part. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like a horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave a, and I think at the end of this uh, uh, episode of the Let's Go Eat Show, we'll replay yep. uh, the the poem, the, the slam. I guess it's slam poetry yeah. mm-hmm. that you did at the at the march. You've done other poems mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. yes um it Which was you didn't even mention in your list of things you do <laughs> yeah fashion activism there wasn't poet. slam poet <laughs> slam poet mm-hmm. a writer have, have you ever have you ever gone to any of those slam poetry uh, events um like competition wise yeah they're like... kind of competitions or or uh, just you know I think they do some that are competitions and some that are just they present mm-hmm. the poems. Yeah, I've been to a lot of events to speak poetry, but I've never done a competition. Mm. I know a guy in town who's really good at it. His name, you might know him. His name is Jesse Parent. I think I've heard of him. He's 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 like really big in that and he's also an improv guy, but mm-hmm. he's a he's a very uh very good slam poet uh, here in Salt Lake and mm-hmm. has done a lot of national regional competitions so i'd be happy to put you in touch with him if yes, you'd like to talk please to him. do i would love to do some competitions i just don't even know how to yeah start. okay <laughs> I'll, I'll uh i'll get your number and i'll talk to jesse Thank and we'll you. see if we can hook it up Thank um you. so uh you want to be you told me a journalist <laughs> and i and i said i think that's a waste of your, t- your talent <laughs> um t- why do you want to be a journalist and talk about that and so the the story of how I wanted to be journalist is I've always wanted to be a writer ever since I was a kid. Um, <clears throat> I would write really weird books about different things, mm-hmm. and then it turned into poetry, and I would write a lot of poetry about different things. And then when I was in um, eighth grade, I 
sign up for journalism mm -hmm. and my teacher was this black man named Mr. Brandy and the first black teacher I've ever had in my life mm. and we formed um, a, a relationship and a bond over journalism because he thought I was very good at it and he recently and he was a journalist so he worked for the Salt Lake Tribune I think maybe don't what's his me. name Mr. Brandy Brandy. Michael, Michael Brandy, Michael that was Brandy. his name. Mm. Yeah, so um, shout out to him if he's watching this, <laughs> listening to this. But he really showed me the power that you can change things with journalism and the stories you can tell and the people and places you can go to and people you can meet. Mm -hmm. And it was really eye-opening because I've always wanted to be a writer. And then I saw video journalism and I was like... I'm a motor mouth. Mm -hmm. I have a very chris um, charismatic personality. Yes, you do. And then I love telling stories and I love journalism. So video journalism was really cool, like podcasting like this mm -hmm. or doing going on uh, as an anchor or something. But uh -huh. honestly, I, I have my whole life ahead of me. I'm not too stuck on one thing. I see. You're, 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 uh, you're willing to change if you find something else. Yes. Uh, have you uh, started to apply for uh, schools yet, for colleges? I'm a junior, so next year's more of the application process is going to come in. But um, I'm, I'm, my dream school is Howard University in D.C. Howard, that's a black school, yes, isn't it? Yeah. HBCU. It's a, it's a, and it's really old. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's was it the first black university yes, in the it yeah. was. Mm -hmm. See, I know stuff. Good yeah, job. good job. <laughs> well done. No, but it's in D.C. I did a college visit. It was very, very beautiful. But you visited there, you said? Yes, uh -huh, mm -hmm. when I went to D.C. Um, but You said all your sisters are up at the U? Yes. The oh, you're going to be the one to move away? Yeah, I said I'm, I'm leaving. Oh, I'm <laughs> getting out of here. <laughs> your parents, Your parents are going to hate it? Yeah, I've, gonna, I've already told yeah. them I'm out. It is good. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, do, they, uh, do they treat you like the, I mean, you're the last one at mm -hmm. home. Do they kind of? treat you like the like the little baby in, in a way and you don't want to be treated that way <laughs> not at all no <laughs> good. no but i maybe my siblings could say otherwise because you know they see different points of view but yeah. i feel like you have it easy yeah <laughs> no. you, usually they say the last child has it easy yeah. because the parents have pretty much given yeah, up they've done with it my mom is just done with it she's yeah, like, do whatever done. you want <laughs> yeah, just, uh, go i go i don't care <laughs> Bye. yeah, yeah. Uh, and are, are they pretty are they permissive do they let you just go do what you want to do depends they're permissive but strict at the same time they you have to um, be in at a certain time they, yeah they have to check up on them mm -hmm. let them know where i'm at mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. well i mean they let you come here <laughs> yeah what are, are you not in school you're not doing school today or did no you i'm on break? spring break oh it's still spring break yes okay mm -hmm. uh listen it's wonderful to talk to you and uh i want to see oh they see horn of africa i'm making notes of what i gotta do yes uh, Go I, I know you uh you have published or you have posted uh stuff poetry that people could go and read on mm -hmm. on blogs and your youtube channel just yes. direct people to some of that stuff okay so my instagram and twitter are saida underscore Dahir, S A I D A underscore D A H I R. My YouTube channel is Saida Dahir, and my blog, which is up and running, it's going, it's coming along, is called thewalkingstereotype.com. Thewalkingstereotype.com, and yes. some of your poetry is there. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, is it? Um, uh, it you, people can read it. Uh, can they uh, uh, watch it as well? Do you have any kind of uh, link to uh, where people can yes. see you do it? Mm -hmm. I'm working on the links and everything, but okay. yeah. Sayidada here and uh, thewalkingstereotype.com. Uh, you're going to be su successful. Thank you. You're going to be famous. <laughs> and I'll say, as I'm sitting there with a, a drink in my hand wow. and 
uh, I'm looking at the TV or something, and I'm I'm done work. I haven't I haven't worked for a couple of years, and and I'm and Jeez. I'll look at the TV and I'll go, yeah, I interviewed her. <laughs> she look at that. Look how great she is. I knew it would happen. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. But fame is not what I'm out here for. It's I remember the day of the march. Everybody wanted a picture. Everyone wanted an interview and talk to me. And I'm like, how do celebrities do this? It was it was crazy. It, was, it is, yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll figure out how to handle it. <laughs> fame, you'll figure out how to handle Aww. fame because you'll have to ha- figure it out. I, I promise you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Uh, Saida Dahir, pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having uh, me. I could, I could have you. I, I think I told you when I first met you, if you could just come and sit in our studio <laughs> every day and if I, you know, if I, periodically I would just turn and start talking to you <laughs> and it would make me feel good. That's Thank you. I would love to just sit in your studio all day. <laughs> no, that would be a horrible waste of her time. And yeah, quit suggesting it. Well, you could, you could, you could do things while we're, you know, when I we're not. I could intern. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you'd like to talk to somebody about that, um, I'm sure Richie would be happy. We would be happy to have you as an intern. I, on I our would show. love to. Okay. Well, Kay. let's see if we can set that I, up. I think we can probably make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the studio, Saida came in like a week ago mm-hmm. and uh, chatted with us a little bit and recited her poem. So. Uh, we're going to play that clip from the Raider from Hell show right now. And so, yeah. So should I should I end the show here up. and then you can splice the end on to the... Uh, you'll, no. Okay? Just, okay, just that's end it the for, show. Okay, I will. That's it for the Let's Go Eat show. Saeed here. thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. You're great. Uh, I'm Bill Allred. Remember, anytime you're pouring the drinks, make mine a double. Mine too. Not yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> How much longer do we have to deal with this? Blood pools as we watch innocent bodies get hit. Politicians claim it's not guns. They need to just quit. Hold up. I'm going off. Let me speak for a bit. Got the news the other day praying it wasn't ISIS related. And watch more of my people get radicalized and debated. If all Muslims are terrorists, what about this white boy? It seems the color of his skin wasn't means for a ploy. He was mentally insane, mentally deranged. This poor child was ill. It wasn't his intention to kill you. See, he came from a broken family, some sort of dysfunctional family tree. He was bullied, did bad in class, and was faced with so much difficulty, and that's why he slaughtered. He didn't mean to kill your daughter. The voices committed the crime. He shouldn't have to do the time and well for the victims. We use their test scores as justification for their slaughter. Like your life only mattered if you were a sterling scholar. Headlines prefer the jocks over the nerds and the band geeks. It's comical how death can be all about popularity. They say we should go to school to learn and educate our minds. Crazy how yesterday you saw him in that lunch line. But our classrooms have quickly become war zones with land mimes. One wrong move could mean disaster. You really thought you'd go to college and graduate with the masters they recognize mental health when it's a motivational factor call the survivors fake news and simply crisis actors we all know who congress is real benefactor 
Bullets were my biggest fear when I was young. I used to loathe the big bad man with the gun. You'd hear the bang, bodies would drop, and you'd run. And always thought it wasn't possible. But now it's come reality. Screw an ACT score. We're more worried about morality. As teenagers, our biggest fear should be what to wear tomorrow. Not in shock, grieving some friends and consumed in total sorrow. Our perspectives in life have changed. Our whole educations have been rearranged. Are you going to prom on Friday? Becomes, what kind of black to wear on Friday? Whose funeral to attend on Friday? Whose coffin is closed on Friday? And I say, how much longer do we have to deal with this? Is it until your kid is on the next kill list and you hold their bodies limp and lifeless, remembering how you sent them to school? But this is a war and they enlist. Battles rage on, but we will always be strong until there's comprehensive reform. And this doesn't become the norm of it. That doesn't change soon. Old people got stuff to doom because one day your jobs will be ours and you guys will be overpowered and we'll send our kids to school with nothing to fear and they'll come home and we'll hold them near and dear and they'll just worry about their fits and we'll no longer have to deal with any of this. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Man. Broadway Media Podcast Network.